This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I'm your host, the Bowtie Guy, and I've got my co-host this week here today. Who are you, girl? Hey, I am Giselle. And I'm sure you recognize that voice. I also have texts going off. I apparently <laughs> did not... You remembered uh, to turn off your ring, I but did. not your laptop. <laughs> yeah, I gotta... It's so crazy, all the things I have to remember to turn off. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, we're here today to finish or work or continue our stroll down the steps. Uh, so, we're looking at step 10 today, which we'll read in a little bit, but I just want to get through all of the pre-show stuff that we always go to. Hey, do you want to give it a try? Uh, sure. All right, okay. let's see. Okay, so we are on is social media, Instagram, Facebook. Are we on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Facebook, Reddit, MySpace. Yes. Twitter. Twitter. I haven't used Twitter in like ten years. I just did a little, a little, <laughs> little birdie thing for her. Um, and if you want to be a Patreon. Patreon? A patron. Patron. We are on Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. (laughs) We are on Patreon. So go uh, for as little as a dollar, a dollar a month, you could help support this show and uh, Paul's endeavors and also get a free book. That's right. That Paul Pippin has. Wait, do they know your last? They do. Okay, Paul Pippin has written. Yeah. I guess they would know your name with your book. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, let's get uh, rolling. Yeah, and uh, to do the (laughs) Patreon, uh, you go to messituppodcast.com. Just click on the Become a Patron button. Oh, and we're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Yeah, and Spotify and all those things. Wherever you're listening to this, if you give us a rating and a review, that would really help out. We really appreciate all of your help. And uh, thanks for using the word endeavor. That was a, a fun one. Um, our word of the week this week, which is also a fun thing, is the word besmirch. No, no, that was last week. It's it's not besmirch. It's, uh-oh, she almost spit coffee. Thank you for not, are you good? Yeah. Oh, wow. The word of the week. It like you read it wrong. It's obsequious <laughs> is the word of the week. And obsequious is to be obedient or attentive uh, but really going beyond that, like excessively or in a servile manner, just like you're really super overly um, obedient. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we don't necessarily want to be obsequious. Uh, it's not the, the, the best thing to do because too much of anything yeah. is bad. Even too much of a good thing can I be mean, bad. obsequious to God, but... <gasps> To the world. Oh, Giselle, man, you just messed me up right there. (laughs) That was good. Yeah, that was good. So, um, yeah, so go be obsequious to God, but not to the world. And if you can use it in a sentence uh, during the next uh, week uh, as you're uh, going through your life, uh, go ahead and give yourself some bonus points for that. Give a little little reward. We appreciate your your, um, awesomeness, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Giselle, we are looking at our 12 steps and we had you for step nine last week which you really didn't want to do but step 10 which was one that i think it seems like you did request to do step 10 uh if my memory serves or were you just being obsequious and picking one 
I think I just picked one, so I wouldn't have to do step nine. Oh, it was the nine dodge. Oh, nice, nice. Well, I'm glad we caught you in our little snare. But uh, step 10 says, uh, we continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Yes. Yeah. And the verse. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. What are your initial thoughts about step 10 first time going through um i think still i feel like nine and ten are just really hard because you have to admit that you're you're wrong Mm. you're wrong girl man dude and uh also what i really like about the scripture that goes with step 10 is that you it's warning you be careful that you don't fall you know like pride becomes comes before the fall and it's just a reminder that you know we're not perfect and as much as we could be riding on a a high it's like you know your time's coming yeah because we're not perfect we're sinners right my knee-jerk reaction when i first uh went through the steps the first time was like wait a minute I just did all this stuff. How come there's more to do? Uh, and I thought, I, I don't know. There, there shouldn't be anything. Because I had this feeling of like, all right, I'm going to go through the steps and my life is going to be perfect. And that's just not going to happen. Like you said, we're sinners and it's we're going to make mistakes. We're It's just, it's going to happen. And so to have that idea that I would never make a mistake was... Well, it was going all the way back to the beginning in denial. Uh, It was just, that was a pretend thing for me. And because I had that idea, I didn't take step 10 very seriously. Mm. Because I was like, no, I'm not doing anything like that. I'm I'm beyond my problems. I'm I'm sober. I'm I'm past it. Um, So that was a tricky, a tricky thing for my brain to have to grapple with. Because the first time that it came into play, where I was like, oh, wow, I made a mistake after all this. And it wasn't just like, you know, air quotes, minor mistake. It was a recovery mistake and a relapse with pornography. I was like, I thought I was done with this. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, there was a feeling of um, defeat, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, that failure, like, oh man. And, and, and this hopelessness got in there just real quick. Like, like you will never be able to do this, man. You're, you're just not going to be able to. And I remember feeling that, that that's something that my brain does. That's that's the way that the enemy attacks me is by saying, look, you've messed up again. You need to quit trying. You're just never going to get this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in jail, I had my, my out date and then I messed up with some stuff and got dates added. You know, I got time added to my sentence. And then when I got time added to my sentence... Then I also um, wound up mouthing off to a garden, got put into solitary. And it was just like, I just kept on making it. And I was like, you're never going to go home. You're not going to. You're not going to be able to do it. And it's that it's easy for me to get pushed over like that if I'm not standing strong. And, and I found, coincidentally, <laughs> that since I started actually doing my step 10 on a daily basis... My foundation is way broader and it's way harder to knock me over and topple me. 
Wow. Which is, you know, I want to say interesting, but it's not interesting. It's just like, duh. Yeah. Well, isn't it like, I feel like as you were talking, I, I realized like, aren't you glad that those things happened to you when you were in jail versus out where you could hide things more easily? And it's like, you know, it was, I, I feel like it was almost God telling you like, watch it yeah you're gonna be right where you started (laughs) the best thing for my life was the fact that i was incarcerated and had everything taken away from me Mm -hmm. because otherwise i would have kept on trying to manipulate and figure it out and i'm enough of a a game player and a manipulator that i would have just like okay just got to tweak the formula a little bit and i was like okay tried to tweak the formula and i wound up getting busted so i knew that was a formula i didn't you know that was a formula for failure uh, but I do, I, I have a habit of doing that. Even after uh, being in recovery, after being in jail, I can still see instances in my life where I'm like, okay, didn't quite get it right. But if I tweak this element of what I did, then maybe I'll have a better result, which is, I mean, that kind of science is, is good, but I can see where I've also applied it in the wrong ways and, and put myself on a, a path for doom um, with like, I mean, even simple things like with food, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I can just eat a little bit of this. I can eat a little bit. I, and and just then the denial steps in and all of a sudden now, instead of me, you know, watching what I'm eating and, and being in the gym, I'm watching what I've eaten and sitting on a couch. <laughs> uh, I totally get that last part. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I feel too, like, not even... Like, I guess, like, for me, like, a big thing is I always point fingers, especially, like, to Andrew, where it's like, you're not listening to me. Like, I told you 50 times, you're not listening to me. And then the literally yesterday, we were making pizza, and he, I was like, help, Andrew was like, you know, taking point, and I was just helping him. And, like, literally, I realized I was asking him the same question, like, ten times. And I'm just like, wow, I complain all the time that you're not lis- you're just not listening to me. And here I am, like, failing at remembering what you asked me, like, two seconds ago. So that was, like, one thing I, like, pointed out. I was like, you know, I'm sorry. I realized. It's not just that you don't want to listen to me. It's just, it's hard to, like, remember everything. <laughs> Especially, wow. you know. And how did he receive that? He was like, he was, you know, Andrew's very laid back and stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, see, like, remember that next time I ask you something a second or third time. <laughs> it's just hard, especially, like, sometimes, not to make excuses, but since I'm the one that's always, like, in charge of the house and for him to be in charge of something that I'm usually in charge of for the for the first time in a while it's like oh now I know Andrew's position and where he's coming from so it's just interesting yeah I think that that's you know it's an important point that understanding a person and where they're coming from it's it's not trying to excuse anything mm-hmm. it's not making excuses or justifying but just understanding why a person feels the way they do or interprets something the way they do or responds to something can give so much more clarity to misunderstandings and disagreements when we just 
you know, that, you know, walk a mile in a person's shoes. When you do that, when you see, oh gosh, this is where it is. And the point I always make, or the the illustration I always use, and I'm sure you remember me doing this on a Friday night. There was, when I was teaching, I was working with another lady who is uh, now a principal of a school, uh, but she was in her first year or so of teaching and she had a student that never turned in their homework. And what she would do is give out a homework packet on Monday and it had to be back on on Thursday or Friday. And this kid just wasn't doing it. So she was finally sick of it. And she was going to go, you know, take care of this. And like young teachers do, they have a lot more passion. So she went down to the office and she found out this kid's address. And she went to the kid's home on Thursday to find out like, hey, tomorrow's homework day. It needs to be turned in. What's going on? And she was going to, you know, throw down on the, you know, sidewalk there with the parents and tell them, you need to get, you know, in charge of your kid's education here. So she went down there all righteous and went up and knocked on the door and nobody's answering. And the neighbor comes out and she's like, hey, you know, have you seen them? Like, oh, it's Thursday. They go out looking to see if anybody has any extra food because they don't have enough money to pay their bills and the food. And she realized that the reason this kid wasn't getting their homework turned in and done was because they were hungry. They didn't have enough food at home and they had to go out and, you know, knock on doors in the neighborhood to ask the neighbors, do you have anything extra so that we can eat this week? And it just totally changed her whole perspective. And she, she came back the next day and she told me this story and she was just like, I could just see it wrecked her, you know, it messed her up that she was so angry because all she could see was her point. She didn't see the child's perspective or point of view. And that is so important. I try to remember that when I was, you know, my kids would come home late or miss curfew. I was mad and I wanted to be like, Hey, and and this was before they had cell phones. You know, so I couldn't call them or whatever. I just was like waiting. And my instinct was always just to pounce when they came through the door. But when they come through the door, what I tried to do, didn't always do it, but what I tried to do was be thankful that they were safe. And when they were late, I tried to think, okay, my kids, I trust them. I love them. They're intelligent kids. There's a good reason that they're late. And just ask them, okay, I can't find the good reason. Tell me what your good reason for doing this is. And and so that's something that I try to do when I'm having a disagreement with someone. It's like, I don't see the good reason for your behavior. Please tell me the good reason for it. So that way I can understand where you're coming from. And, and, and that doesn't mean I'm going to agree with it doesn't mean that it's going to be okay, but I can at least understand like, oh, all right, I get it. And, and okay, well, maybe we could do this in the future. And I think being in recovery and, and watching people relapse and stumble has given me a better understanding of that because, and that's what I love about Celebrate Recovery is it's not just, you know, if this was AA, everybody's issue would be alcohol mm-hmm. and we'd all have a clear understanding of that. But because I might be dealing with a person whose issue is, alcohol and cigarettes and I have never had an addiction to alcohol or cigarettes I don't understand that specific need but I understand the general need to do something or to, to binge on something or whatever yeah. or to use and so I can I can get in their shoes a lot better than if everything was just exactly the same so yeah, wow. yeah. That messed me up. did it <laughs> um, so oh my gosh we we talk a lot. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess we'll go ahead and go to our, our song of the week for now then, uh, since 
I've been talking so long and, and we've both been having this conversation, but this is a song, when I hear it, as soon as I hear the very first notes, this is a song that makes me like, yes, I love this song. I love, it It starts off on an old piano kind of sound, a little bit, you know, tinny and not quite perfect tune. It's not a Baldwin concert piano. You know, this is an upright juke joint, you know, piano. Uh, but this is uh, a band that I've really been getting into lately, a group called Maverick City Music. And this song is Man of Your Word. So we're going to give you 90 seconds of that. We'll be back on the other side to tell you our thoughts and to talk a little bit more about Step 10. good piano a good vibe a good everything and uh, i just when that song comes on that this is a song some songs you don't want to be in front of me when the song comes on because it makes me want to go faster <laughs> this song you don't want to be beside me because this song makes me want to dance and sway back and forth in the car and, and 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 you know dance the steering wheel down the road but man i just just dig the vibe of this song um what what stands out for you my friend um just how and again we should be videotaping because G and I were just dancing in here yeah let's break (laughs) (laughs) um well first off this the song does make you want to just get up and dance and be all Pentecostal like (laughs) (laughs) um but I think I just like the simplicity of it um especially in the chorus if you said it we believe it and then because because you're a man of your word and it's just it resonates because there's people that like it's like okay I'm not I'm not gonna hold my breath on your promise because I know you you know you you don't stick to what you say but then the opposite could be said where God's always there he never fails so whatever you say we believe it or we should believe it like no questions asked because when has he failed us Right, right. Yeah. And I love that word simplicity because sometimes I make things so doggone complex Mm -hmm. when I don't need to. It's like, God said it, God will do it. That's it. Mm -hmm. End of it. Yeah, that's totally. uh, Andrew always has to ask me questions when I am like anxious, freaked out about something. And 
he'll just be like, why? Why? And we get <laughs> down to the very, like, bones of it, and it's like, oh, like, eight, like, one plus one equals two. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just simple. Yeah, like, and, why? I mean, have you had this experience with a person before, like, you, you've, you've been having this confrontation or conflict or whatever, and, and then at the end you're like, wait a minute, I had this much bad feeling towards you because of this little thing? I, I, I blew mm. this. I've done that, and I've just been like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me right now? Was it really that important? Like when I did with my mom at, at Costco, you know, a couple months ago, it's just like, really? <laughs> Honestly? Come on, man, get over yourself. And and that's where I had to bring in the step ten, and and which I did not like. Um, for me, in the the second verse where it talks about old chains are broken when we receive Yahweh, that is so CR for me because those chains they're just like lashed in, and God just is like, oh, you don't need this. God is like the the Kim Commando or whatever her name is that comes in and like straightens up your what what's her who's the the girl that straightens up your 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 drawers that that makes you fold things in thirds and oh tidy up yeah uh, Kim I don't forget her name yeah so the Netflix one <laughs> yeah yeah so it's that's what God does He's like look you don't need yeah. this garbage it's it's not bringing you joy it's not sparking joy no it's nothing get rid of it just clean house we took uh, when uh, over the Christmas break Bev uh, and I and I throw myself in there because. I was like moral support, but Bev cleaned our attic and garage and we took like two truckloads of stuff to the dump that had just been collecting dust. And I mean dust. I was sneezing and coughing and Mm -hmm. eyes were itchy from all the dust. Two truckloads Mm -hmm. of stuff that we didn't need that we've been holding on to. And, And here's the funny thing. After I got rid of those things that I hadn't used for years and years and years, Literally the day after I went to the dump, there was one thing. I was like, "Oh man, I just threw that stuff out. I wish I had that one thing." Um, but then it turns out I didn't really need it, so it was okay. And it's funny because I was thinking while you were talking, it's um, because I was cleaning out. Oh, I was away from the mic. Um, I was cleaning out Grayson's <laughs> toys, and same thing. Like, you don't need this. You don't need this. And then like Grayson's like, "No, I I really do need this." Like in his baby talk. Yeah. He didn't. He doesn't talk like that. But I'm not. I'm not done with this, mom. Yeah, I'm not done with this. And it's like, how many times do we do that? Where it's like, God releases those chains, but we're like trying to put them back on. Like, no, like I right. can't. Right, because I need it, it. <laughs> it, it's not that it feels comfortable, but it feels familiar. Yeah. You know this this thing that I know is horrible for me, but I cling to it mm-hmm. because that's what feels comfortable. And and you see, uh people in bad relationships they'll just cling to that because that's what they know mm-hmm. they don't necessarily like it or love it but they know it and so they know this is what i can expect and the uncertainty of success when we've been conditioned to failure can be terrifying mm-hmm. it can be a very undaunting i guess very daunting thing to go in and say, all right, I'm going to have success, but I don't know what it's going to feel like. So I'll just stick with the failure that I understand. Yeah. It's it's a sad, sad condition. And as I was listening to this, I was thinking, you know, in the chorus that repeats, if you said it, we believe it. Mm-hmm. The only way I know what he said is by being in the word. Yes. By reading it, by, by experiencing it and knowing 
Um, it's like it's the, the typical male, you know, like, okay, I'm opening the box to build the thing. And the first thing I do is grab the instructions so that I can throw them away. Because <laughs> I don't know that. I don't, I don't care. I can do this. It's challenging. And I have learned, like, no, first thing I do is find the instructions and look and see what it is. Mm-hmm. Familiarize myself with all of it. So I can understand this is how it goes because I might not know where this screw goes or that screw goes or, you know, this one's a, a number eight screw, but this one's a number 10 screw. And, you know, it's so much easier if I just read those instructions. And uh, yes. I mean, if you heard the acronym for Bible, basic instructions uh, uh, yeah. for life eternally, basic Basic instructions before leaving Earth. Earth. Basic instructions before leaving Earth. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because uh, um, I would always look into these books about raising a baby and I before having Grayson. And I think one time I Googled, like, you know, Christian parenting books. And this, like, picture pops up and it's, like, a baby sleeping on top of a Bible. And it's, like, all the instructions you need. Mm. And it's like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Thanks God. Wow. <laughs> Thanks wow. for sticking that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's sticks it right in there, <laughs> man. That's a cool picture. I, I can see that in my head now. I'm just thinking, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a good image. That's and a really part of me is like, that's a, that's a dirty bug. Baby shouldn't be laying on <laughs> dusty. Um, so, uh, step 10, going back to that. Uh, is an important thing to do because it's maintenance. And if we don't maintain our stuff, it breaks down. I saw that in things that have been up in the attic. Like, oh, I have things that are this old that still work, but these things that have been sitting up in the attic and not being used, not being worked, they they break quicker and the seals don't seal. And it's, uh, it's hard to keep that going if you don't maintain it. You know, you don't put gas in the car, it doesn't work. You don't put oil in the car, it's going to yeah. break. Um, so if I don't put, you know, if I don't maintain my recovery, logic says it's going to fail. What is your practical experience with step 10 and maintenance steps? Step 10 and maintenance steps. Um... I'll let you think. I'll let you think about that. So, for (laughs) me, I didn't do step ten for a long time. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's all right, great." You know, once I got over the the feeling of like I don't have to, and I learned, okay, I do have to. I I just was like, "Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good idea. I'll think about it." But now I have on my phone. uh, If you look on my calendar, every single day, there's a repeating uh, thing, and I'm I'm verifying to. Uh, Giselle there. What does it say right there? 10 at 10. 10 at 10. I do my step 10 at 10 o'clock at night because I know, generally speaking, when Bev was working, I started this, um, she would be in bed by 10 o'clock. So it was quiet. And at 10 o'clock, I would just push pause and I would reflect on the day. I would look back, what things did I do well? What things did I mess up on? Are the things that I need to make amends for that I didn't make amends for? Are the things that I needed to make amends for and I did it? And you know, pat myself mm-hmm. on the back for that. And so at 10 o'clock every night, Paul does 10 at 10, and he does his step 10 at 10 o'clock 
to make sure that it happens because it needs to be a reflective mm-hmm. thing. If I do it the next morning, I'm like, oh, I don't remember, you know, sleep has a way of washing a lot of things clear, but I can still remember where I am on that. And I try to make sure, because I love it when I'm doing my 10 at 10. I love it when like, oh, I needed to make that amends and I made it. Oh, I needed to make that one and I made it. Oh, I, I hate uh-huh. like, oh, I really need to go make amends for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes it so that during the day I'm, I'm in competition with myself, like Monica, you know, uh-huh. like trying to outdo last year's Thanksgiving. I'm... I'm trying to make sure that I do those as soon yeah. as they come up. I can apologize. I can, and it's not just like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, and walk off. Yeah. Uh, to me, you know, an amend is acknowledging what I did and Believing and demonstrating to the person. Yeah. I want them to know I get what I did. I try to put myself in their shoes and say, when I did this, I imagine that it made you feel like this and, and mm-hmm. talk about it or whatever and, and try to make the issue resolved. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking too, like, as much as we need to know when we did something wrong, we also need to take personal inventory on like, okay, what did we do right? Or even like what did we try our best? Even if we failed, like what did we try our best? Because I feel like that's the biggest thing that I've learned, like, as a parent, like, there's days where it's, like, I'm just, like, the worst mom ever. My child is screaming, crying, so needy. Like, how did, like, the only way he became this way was because of me. But then it's, like, you know, I tried my best. I did, you know, A, B, and C right. I may have not done everything else right, but tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. And we will try better tomorrow (laughs) right right and that honest inventory if if you don't take an honest inventory you're not doing yourself any favors i worked at a a, an organization one time that was required to do an annual business meeting and so in that annual business meeting what they were trying to do is show the the stakeholders the best possible picture of everything so it's like okay what how can we spin this how can we make it so that this doesn't look bad. And there were years where things were bad, where revenues were declining. And like, well, we don't want to talk about that. And it's like, but we have to. Yeah. We are obligated by law to have this meeting and show a fair and honest accounting of what's gone on. And and we could say, well, here were some mitigating circumstances or here was what we're doing. But, but if things are going wrong and we don't ign- pay attention to it, yeah. it's just, you know, it's ridiculous that ostrich with the head in the sand and we've seen just in our country what happened when when we ignored the obvious and or lied about it or whatever and it gets people going in the wrong directions and bad things happen and i don't want that to happen in my life yeah definitely and also like you need to make room for good things yes um just an example i thought of when you were talking about um working at that job um was when I volunteered at like a gift shop at a museum in town it's like it was always like okay people aren't buying what can we get so people that people will want to buy it's like well we need to first get rid of the this other stuff to make room for better things yeah you know so which is what you needed to explain to Grayson yeah like look (laughs) mommy just needs to get rid of these old toys so I can buy you new ones yes because I want to buy him all the Hot Wheels cars but we have no room 
to put them <laughs> until we throw these out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, when I was trying to get stuff or thin out Kaylee's stuff, I would give her um, my permission to go get something. I said, all right, we'll get you something. But in order to get one new thing, you need to get rid of two old things. So that way we were not gaining, we were we were shrinking the stuff. So if, if she was going to go get new clothes, what we do is we go through the closet. All right, we got to get rid of two sweaters and you can get another new sweater or two whatever and you can get something else and then she would know. So if you get rid of two toys, you can go get one new toy. And that really helped get her involved and understanding that. And, and it, as a consequence now, she did not pick up the pack rat gene that my family has. Uh, I, I tried when I was getting rid of stuff in the attic, stuff that I didn't need to have anymore but didn't want to throw away. I, I tried to push it off on her. She's like, no, Dad, we're kind of minimalist. We're going you know, minimalist and we don't need all that junk. And I was like, dang it. I was willing to drive it 10 hours to you so I didn't have to throw it in the trash. <laughs> all this junk. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, it really hurts. It's so hard too, cause like it's so crazy. Um, I realize how codependent I am in like a lot of aspects in my life, not just like people I know. Was that Grayson for his first birthday? We had like this giant party, and like a lot of the people that went were like my mother-in-law's church friends that I don't even know, and they gave Grayson gifts, and I was like keeping those gifts because I was like oh they're still new and they gave it to us I don't want to seem ungrateful right and it's like I don't even know these people and Grayson doesn't play with it why is this taking up room in my life <laughs> yeah yeah so save it for when somebody else has a first birthday and re-gift it yeah yeah I'll just need the packaging I too bad Andrew threw away all the packaging <laughs> <laughs> well and see that's Andrew's my problem as a, as, a, as a pack rat I had the packaging for a lot of stuff I threw away literally a TV box for, that our TV came in. We got our TV seven years ago. So we got this big box up in the attic just in case something goes wrong with the TV and we have to return it. We keep the box. And I'm like, Okay, the warranty's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, Hey, Bev, I think we can get rid of this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, um, what is what does step 10 look like to you? If you're, because you're a sponsor now, how do you tell someone, your sponsee, the importance of or the practical application of step 10? What do you say if I'm, I'm coming to you, I'm like, gee, um, what do I do on this 10th step? How do I make this work in my life? Do you have any tips or hints? I just try to walk through, like, walk backwards kind of thing. Okay. Because I feel like, I guess, because not directly, I feel like I don't think of the steps. I just think of everything I learned in Celebrity Recovery. But I think just walking backwards, like, it's okay. It's, so it's like, okay, I'm holding these hard feelings towards one, this person. And the, it's causing me A, B, and C um, habits or hang-ups. And it's just like walking backwards. It's like, well, why do you feel this way? Why are you doing these things when you feel this way? And it kind of breaks it down, you know, just trying to go to the simplest form. Kind of like we're all created by little tiny atoms. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, and I have, you know, I try to look at the three different areas of looking at it. And when when someone's doing uh, their step, their 10th step, I say, okay, you want to do this, this inventory and you want to do it, you know, daily. But we also want to look like maybe every 
three months or so and just kind of look back at the the bigger picture so you're getting more of a uh you know not a a, a microscope view but you're getting more of a standing on top of a you know the roof of your house and looking out and yeah. then maybe once a year doing an annual and looking at it 30,000 feet and getting the the whole picture like what was my trend for the year because sometimes my trend for the day doesn't translate into the next week or months or years and I might have some up times or some down times and so it's good for me to look for those trends because that helps me to push my life in the direction I want it to go and push it away from the direction I don't want it to yeah. go and the best way to do that is by keeping journals yeah. you know, so I always encourage people to journal keep that journal so they can look back over the year and say oh here's how it looked yeah and you do need to get rid of all that noise too like all the extra noise like I've learned doing sound is like sometimes when you have like you have this unwanted sound you either need to start lowering instruments or voices or muting microphones and eventually you'll go down to like okay this is the issue so I think that's another thing like journaling helps you just like slow down and be like okay <laughs> like all these things happening it's like oh wait did I just say that did I is that what's bothering me like okay <laughs> and you'll work through that <laughs> right yeah and I know that Sometimes I can't identify what it is that's going wrong. Um, like in my body, I, I know that I've had something like, I feel like I've got something irritating me and, and there's a, a sore, but I can't figure out where it is. And I think like, oh, it's on my, my finger, but it turns out it wasn't on my ring finger. It was on the next finger over. And when I actually go in and inspect it and feel it, it's like, oh, that's actually where it is. I was just translating it to something else. Um, for me, going back and looking at those journals is, it's amazing because it, I don't know if it's the optimist in me, but I see the growth. I'm like, oh, look at where I was and I feel where I am now that's different. And so I, I look back and I go back and look at things like from years and years and years ago. Um, I, I, I will still go back and look at things from before I got married to Bev. So over 25 years ago that I have journals to see where I was and see where I am and, and say, all right, how, how did I get there? Um, in animation, computer animation, we will set a scene and then we set another scene. You, you move your timeline and set another scene. You don't draw every single cell like they used to do back in the Disney animation days. Mm -hmm. You draw point A, you draw point B, and then you let the computer do what we call a tween. And the computer draws everything in between those two points and blends it. And so you just have to have points close enough that you get your tweens together. And you know, you're not leaping from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. You can't do that. But looking at those tweens and seeing what happens in that is where I do most of my growth is, is just like, Oh, I was here. Now I'm here. What happened mm -hmm. in the interim? And, um, that really seems to work well for me. Yeah. I, that's where I find myself making my discoveries. That's interesting. And it's like crazy that you journal because when I was reading your book, I was like, I feel very like I'm intruding because I feel like I'm reading your diary. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's probably why. Yep. 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 Uh, it's yeah. I and was reading your diary. You were, re you were reading. And, and if you want to read my diary, you're welcome to go and uh, get a copy of the book on Amazon or on Apple Books. It's called Still in Beta by Paul Pippin. That's just like Scotty Pippin, but without the money or the talent. Um, so that's out there. And if you want a free copy, how do you get a free copy of my book? Pete. Patreon of the Patreons 
for as little as a dollar a month. Yeah, and you could do more than that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we we like to give gifts to all of our Patreon members. So uh, thanks for being there. Giselle, do you have anything else for step ten before we uh, bid the people farewell? I think I'm good. Yeah, it's you know I think it's it's an easy one to overlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like you said, you know, it's it's another one where we have to maybe face up to things that we've done wrong. But like you said, you're also you got to look at those positive things because, mm-hmm. I mean, people, you're wonderful. You are God's absolute very favorite. People, it's so funny. Sometimes I look at the microphone when I'm talking to people, and sometimes I look at—I just found myself not knowing where to look. But you're God's absolute favorite person on the entire planet, and you're worthy of it. So, take a look at what you're doing, and also, really important on this, keeping it balanced. Anytime you want to keep your stuff balanced, work with sponsors and accountability partners to to bounce that off of, and and have a person that you can share that journal with. Uh, because if you're able to share that journal with someone, they'll see those things that you might not see and be able to help you, you know, make the tweens and and point out the highlights. But it also means that you've got someone in your life that you can trust. And if you don't have people in your life that you can trust, you're probably going you're more susceptible to failure. Yeah. Without people you can trust. And I think it's easy to find people that will just praise you and not want to say things wrong Mm -hmm. that you do wrong and I think it's finding that good balance between having someone that encourages you but also having someone that tells you when you're messing up right and I I think I think we can all you know you look back you know to January 6th and you can see the problems with not facing reality and people telling you the wrong things just because that's what you want to hear uh, things can go wrong and and don't let your life go wrong because you've got just a bunch of you know i i love my sponsor jim because he was he loved me enough to kick me in the butt when i needed a hug um and, and just make me face reality i had plenty of huggers i just i didn't have any butt kickers so find a butt kick in your life um all right well there it is step 10 thank you giselle for being here again uh, next week we'll be doing uh step 11 with bev and then giselle and andrew uh and bev should be back for step 12 in a couple weeks where we will finish off our um, walk through the steps. And then uh, I've been recording in advance. So I've got a great one with uh, my friend Faith coming up the week after that. And then uh, Pastor Heather's going to be joining us again and doing some stuff. So we got got some fun shows coming up. And I mean, Giselle, I don't know if you realize this, but we're coming up on our three-year anniversary as a show in Holy April. Guacamole. I know. It is ridiculous. Uh, the next show that I record um, after our steps the, the that aren't in the can, that, that next one, is show 150 I'm recording. It's like, wow. my yeah. goodness gracious me, oh my. So anyhow, it's really great. And I've, I'm really glad to have you people uh, along for the ride with me uh, because it makes it worth doing to know that you guys are out there with me. So thank you so very much. Uh, Remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on social media. Share the show when it comes out. Hashtag tune in Tuesday. Let people know about it. Give us a rating and a review on whatever podcatcher you're using. And if you feel so inclined, uh, become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, You really help. It's 100%. uh, That's where my income comes from. This is my job. And if people don't sponsor the show, I don't get paid. And so I love everyone who's helping me to get paid. Um, and, uh, thank you for making 
this fun. I really enjoyed doing these uh, these 12 step shows. I'm looking forward to uh, finishing off the series. So thanks. And we'll see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Hey.